Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Back on the air on the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. We're fresh as a daisy because we had a week off. And we did. We're ready to go at it again. We did. I will say that this is going to be a good night. And the reason I know it's going to be a good night is because while the intro was playing, Sheldon was basically doing a pregame stretch before. So that's when you know it's it's about to be a thing when, when, when Sheldon is pregame stretching. I have terrible posture. I sit with my <laughs> shoulders hunched and I, I and we had done a little pre-podcasting and so <laughs> all that hunching in this chair. I You've was, already felt I had to, it. I had to stretch out and get we ready. Because we got to go a while so you know. Well you know we'll go as long as it takes. That's right. But, you For know. <laughs> One thing that when I listen back through these I always think I could use the dramatic pause more. I don't know why. My brain gets ahead of my mouth, and so I end up rambling. That's one of the things I've always been so impressed with uh, with Jordan Peterson. Whenever he's asked a, a legitimate question, he will sit and he will wait. And you can tell he's thinking through the problem before he actually answers it. And then he will give a without pause and without stutter answer to the question. And I'm like... That is an impressive discipline. I don't right. care who you are. Whether you like the man or not, that's impressive. Good good <clears throat> speakers develop that thing with the dramatic pause. To me, I'm always, I get uncomfortable with silence. Yeah. I don't know I'm, why. I've, I used to be more uncomfortable with it than I am now. So I paused. <laughs> that was not intentional. That's okay. <laughs> I was waiting to see how long it would go. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I've become much more comfortable with it. For whatever reason. There you go. Uh, so we, since we had two weeks uh, or two weeks in between our recordings here, we have two Did You Knows. We do. Nate is ready and rolling with his. You want me to go first? I'm ready for you All to right, go first. Here you go. This I'm, is, this I'm is gonna, looking mine up because I have it here. This is going to be mine blowing right. right here. Okay, here it is. Did you know that it is a terrible idea to go to a restaurant with three children under four. Yes. It's an awful, awful, horrible, awful, terrible idea. And that is... Are you saying you had your first restaurant experience <laughs> since having the third okay, one? Okay, so here's, here's my routine with, with Sunday afternoons. Typically, when my parents are in town, they've been on vacation for like three weeks. Typically, when my parents are in town, my side of the family gets together on Sunday afternoons. And so we just go over to my parents' house. It's my three kids, my brother's four kids, my sister's three kids, and it is just a madhouse. But it's okay. They have room. They have right. space. We let the madhouse happen. Everybody kind of co-parents together and, and helps out, but we all just kind of we have place and space where we can get away from each other. Well, today I went over to – well, my in-laws live – about 30 minutes away. So we don't typically, on a Sunday, go to their house because that's an awful long drive just to then come right back in the afternoon. So um, they went to a restaurant, and 
my sister-in-law was watching my kids for me uh, because my wife works at night and was sleeping uh, today. And so I was like, okay, sure, I'll come and, and, and we'll all just eat together. It was awful. It was, I didn't eat <laughs> because, you know, we're sitting there strong and winning, you're doing great. And the, and the thing is, the kids were good. They were being good and behaving. And it still was terrible. <laughs> so we just had a, it was just an absolute dumpster fire. And there were a couple extra things that happened as well. But like, I, you know, Normandy started fussing. So I was holding her, trying to feed her a bottle. She didn't want a bottle. She just wanted to fuss. Then I realized she had a wet diaper. So I took her in and changed her. And then she was content. And I brought her back out. And then Strong said he needed to go to the bathroom as soon as that happened. So I took him out and, you know, he went to the bathroom. And as we're getting ready to go out, he's like, do I have to wash my hands? I said, no, because you didn't touch anything. When then he promptly flushes the toilet. And I'm like, well, yes, now you have to wash your hands because you touched that. And it was just a, it was an absolute mess. And I was so stressed that I couldn't even eat. And I thought to myself, this is why we don't do this. If we go to a restaurant, we leave our kids with someone else and we go. Because <laughs> right. even with, we had, how many do we have? Four. Yeah, we had six adults. We outnumbered them. Two to one. Yep. And they still won. And they were behaving. You still didn't get to eat anything. No, no. And so it's a terrible idea. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't go, no matter how many adults there are in the group, it is a bad idea to take children under four to lunch. Is it a better idea if you're going to Chick-fil-A? Yes, because they have, they a, have play a play place. place. And you can just say, okay, go play in there. Go away. You can divide and conquer a lot easier. That's this right. one can sit here and eat and then disappear. Yes. And then, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was an awful thing. <laughs> <laughs> that was my I did feel you know. Very, dude. It was very real and very, very right now. It is happening now. <laughs> or was, I guess, not is. Oh, You're man. right in the middle of it. I feel stressed just talking about it right now, actually. Did you know <laughs> that the oldest socks ever found <laughs> were discovered near the Nile River in Egypt and date to around AD 400? How did they last? Even more interesting is they had split toes, meaning that these socks were probably supposed to be worn with... Sandals. sandals. Oh. This means when you or someone you love wears socks with sandals, it isn't dorky. It's the historically accurate <laughs> way of wearing <laughs> socks. Dads of the world rejoice. Oh, man. Oh. You're not a dork. You're historically accurate. That's right. And that's why the Egyptian civilization eventually collapsed <laughs> right there. I was trying to think what state the Egyptian civilization was in in 400 AD. I don't know. I don't, I'm not totally sure. Because not did Rome still, student of history. Did Rome still have them then? I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember back in, the, back in the 90s when it was all good to wear the late 90s, early 2000s when you were wearing the... Uh, the the calf length socks with mm -hmm. the slip in, like Adidas slides. Slides, yeah. yeah. That was a, that was acceptable for some reason for a while. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I don't know if it about is that still. time Jenkos were also oh. acceptable. Yeah, my and when we pulled up a picture of those Jenkos, yeah, the wide corduroy. Yeah, totally, totally forgot, forgot about, about wide that. corduroy. Yeah, yeah. I considered. Oh. I never actually wore Jenkos, but I considered it once. Oh yeah. I passed by them and I was like. And, uh, I wonder yeah, if I could pull that off. Oh, no, I could not have. <laughs> I could not have. 17-year-old me should not have done that. 
I'm going to see if I can pull up a picture of it. But something is back. Oh, boy. That I have been waiting for. Oh, no. Ever since it left. Oh, and just no. says if you experienced a style one time, you're not allowed to experience it the second time. Oh, is it? Where is it? <laughs> oh, come on. No. I'm, you can't find this, it? I can't find it. Oh, no. Right off the bat. See, now you're just going to have to tell me, though. I have to know. All right. Cargo pants. Yes. Are back. They're and, back. And I, I was gonna. I have a p- picture here of Justin Bieber wearing them. And That's what I was looking for. And they're for. a little more fitted. They're not quite as they're baggy. They're not as bangy around your feet. Yeah. But Kayla has forbid me to wear them ever. She won't let me get cargo pants oh or no. cargo shorts. Oh, no. But maybe if I show her that Bieber's wearing them, she'll let me. Where was that? He had just posted it somewhere on his Instagram, I think. And I was like... Oh, Jess, these are cargo shorts, and she knows because when they left the last time, I went back to American Eagle or wherever I borrowed my cargo shorts, not cargo shorts, uh, cargo pants, and I was like, where'd all the cargo pants go? (laughs) She's like, nobody has worn cargo pants for at least a year and a half, and I'm like, no, I love those things. And I said, when they come back in, I'm buying so many pairs of cargo (laughs) pants that I will never wear anything else because at this point, I'm an old man and I don't care what all of you think. Uh, I wish I could. My, my wife literally will not let me buy them. Oh, no. There, there will be no funds for this. I'm yeah. well aware of that. Oh, come on. There they are. Those. Those cargo pants. Right there. Totally. Yep. I just missed those I want to be pockets, able to fit man. an entire KJV leather-bound Bible <laughs> in my side pocket of my pants. I forgot he's married now. You forgot he's married? That's I part did. of his whole transformation. Oh, I know. I just forgot. I don't exactly keep up with Justin Bieber I like some people in the room. I'm a big, I'm, I'm a big fan, uh, not of his music, but of him personally. I'm, and I'm, I'm great I with that. I wish him well. I'm great with that. Yeah, I don't want anything bad to happen to him or no, anything. I just, and I, I love seeing the transform yeah. transformation he's taken. Been, like growing been, up has been good on him. Yeah. I've just been passionately disinterested where Justin Bieber is concerned. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? Now, I made the mistake one time of, and by say by one time, I mean before we were married, of promising Kayla that I would take her to a Justin Bieber concert. And I thought that he would either not be popular anymore by the time that came around or he would be dead. I'm going to be real honest based right. on the people that were the around him at the time. probability for both is pretty high. And uh, I'm glad that he has overcome both, but she wants, every once again will remind me of that, but she also doesn't know any of his music anymore. She's still, you know, when he was prepubescent was when she was listening to him. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of horrifying because I think she was older than him. Well, yeah, but a lot of people that liked him were. I mean, he was 14 when he was popular or something. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I think Billie Eilish just turned, or whatever her name is, just turned like 18. William Eilash. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen that where <laughs> where Rain Wilson from The Office Dwight is doing a, a an interview with her and because she's apparently a, a huge Office fan like massive yeah. so he goes and is actually asking her questions about The Office and she's nervous and not answering things correctly correctly and at one point he calls her William Eyelash and it's pretty good. Uh, but that's not what we're here for no, tonight. No, we're not. What we're we're here, not. What we're here to talk about is 
uh, famous entrepreneur, <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh, yes. Saying that coronavirus yes. is dumb. Oh, it made me so happy. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, yes, this is getting retweeted. I, and it should. <laughs> I love Elon Musk for so many reasons. <laughs> I mean, he's just does not conform to your norms. No, Whatever he does your norm not. is, he sees it and he's not going to conform. No, he will not. And he just does things. He does just do things. He honestly in that way he's a lot like our current president. <laughs> oh dear. He's just not as uh, old and stodgy as our current president. <laughs> so, I learned something new today. <laughs> the coronavirus is no longer co- called the coronavirus. Yes. And it's not what you what did you say? COVID yeah. COV nineteen? Yeah. Nope, that's not right either. No, it's long. It's not C O V I D dash nineteen anymore either. Okay. According to this article that I have in front of me from Live Science, most people who catch the new coronavirus or SARS S A R S dash C O V dash two. Is so that what we're calling it now? So it's wait a minute. So it's so it's SARS, SARS the COVID sequel two. Is that the essentially what that means? It's the return SARS. of SARS. <laughs> <sighs> and I believe this is my theory that the reason for all of these name changes is to save Anheuser Busch <laughs> <laughs> because they pulled beer drinkers and 35% of beer drinkers said they would not drink Corona yeah. because of the coronavirus. <sighs> and I think there's well over 35% of beer drinkers wouldn't drink Corona to begin with, but beyond that, oh, just man. from, you know, not official polling that I've done. <laughs> But I think that the bad publicity is something they'd like to avoid. So yes. all of you that are saying COVID-19 <laughs> and trying to be all super correct are only in the same basket of people that tried to call, what was it? Not not the Taliban. What was the other one that was? Al-Qaeda. Oh, Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda. Yeah, Al-Qaeda, that was yeah. so dumb is that Fox News had their own way of writing the word Al-Qaeda. Yeah. And then... Like, uh, CNN would always make you pronounce it Al- Al-Qaeda. Yeah. Like, you would have to say Al-Qaeda, but they spelled it differently. Yeah. And what was... Well, what that was is like the, the whole... They, oh. did the whole they did the same thing with Osama bin Laden. He was Osama bin Laden. Osama. And then, and then it, after he died, he became Osama bin Laden. I'm like, Osama what? bin Laden. Who is... Did we kill the wrong guy? What happened here? And ISIS is the one I was thinking. Yeah. And then some people run around saying ISIL. Yeah, ISIL because... Well, there's... Or IS. There's actually something significant behind Islamic ISIL. State and the Levant or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there's some weirdness behind... I don't know. The if we're shooting them, that. I don't think we should care what we no, call them. No, I agree. But we I call will say the enemy. that is that is the thing that I miss the most about <laughs> President Obama. It might be one of the only things I miss about what? President Obama. Correct pronunciation. Cor- correct pronunciation. <laughs> Going from he George W. Bush. That? Yeah. Just no, but I'm just saying, like, he would pronounce Iran correctly. He would pronounce he would just actually accent things correctly. And and I and I liked that. I at least appreciated that. But I mean, on, let's be honest. Going from George W. Bush, <laughs> and having Obama speaking in the middle for eight years, and now going to Trump, I mean, <laughs> the guy's bookended by ridiculousness on both sides. Let's just be real. Was it you that told me this about George W. Bush? No, this was something I think Nelson told me. 
that George W. Bush was known for telling dirty jokes. And so part of the reason he stammered around sometimes was he'd be in the middle of a speech and he would get this idea of what he wanted to say, but then realize that he couldn't say it and try to recover what he yeah. was supposed to be saying. And that's why he would kind of like, you know, stammer, like he had a punchline or something <laughs> he was going to insert there. And this was uh, supposedly one of his speechwriters saying what one of the problems was. Oh, my word. <laughs> and I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and that's funny because I can remember times where he's giving speeches and he gets that grin on his face. Yeah. That just kind of dopey grin. And you're like, what just happened? Yeah. And so apparently that was that it. flashed before his <laughs> eyes. And I'm like, that makes more sense than anything I've ever heard. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, a lot. Yeah. I, I, I recently worked with someone who uh, said that being with Cheney was a terrifying Oh, I can't even imagine. ordeal. Yeah. He was a helicopter pilot who Cheney ended up getting into his helicopter randomly even though he was mostly flying Red Cross, but th they would fly Cheney around in Red Cross helicopters. Yeah. And he's like there was no small talk with this dude and he jumped in and just like turned everybody's headsets to complete fuzz so that him and his aide or whoever was with him could talk, yeah, and nobody else could have any idea what they were yeah. saying. And then he got back out, went on his way. It was none of this, like, formality salutes or any of that. It was just like, yeah, this guy is... Dick, Dick Cheney is a scary dude. Yeah. He very much is. Is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> they just keep replacing... Well, he hasn't shot anybody lately. They just keep so replacing parts in that guy. <laughs> is that just what's happening there? Just oh, keep replacing man. parts in Cheney. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I would be scared that he would kill me. <laughs> you know, even though he did wing somebody with a shotgun. And I'm honest. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure he just shot the guy because he was mad at him. I'm sure too. Yeah, like that. That makes a lot of sense. I totally think that's what it was. I think I'm just gonna pepper this guy with some birdshot. <laughs> ain't gotta kill he him. Won't kill him. He'll just sting a little. <laughs> I mean, it's basically a glorified version of shooting somebody with a BB gun, just a little more substantial. But, like, I would be terrified if, if I had to testify against Hillary. Oh, I was just sharing with somebody the, the Clinton body count today. Oh, dear. And it's so funny because they'd never heard about it. And I had, I had a list of just 46. It is an Internet conspiracy, but it's a fun one. But it, here's the thing, though. Here's my thing. Everybody wants to talk about it being a conspiracy. The conspiracy is that they killed them all. What is not debatable... Is that they all died. What is absolutely certain... <laughs> is that more people have died knowing the Clintons by mysterious gunshot wounds than people in Chicago. All of them. Like, it is, it is bizarre. And you cannot have that many people who just were happening to get ready to testify or working on a dossier against the Clintons or whatever. And I'm not saying it was the Clintons, but somebody involved with the Clintons is making sure all of this is staying under wraps, whatever it was and is and is not. But you cannot have that many people. I mean, even and, and 46 was a small list. That wasn't even the complete list. But you cannot have 46 people who have died under weird circumstances and say, oh, yeah, every single one of those are coincidental. How many Americans have died so far from coronavirus? I haven't looked that up. I think the last count I saw was 19. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's still true. But 19 was what I saw last. Yeah. Died from coronavirus, which we should all be really afraid of. Yes. 
How many Americans? This is the show where you tune in to listen to us uh, research stuff that we don't know. 21. How did they get up to 21? USA Today, 56 minutes ago. We're at 21. Most. Oh, uh, yeah, 21. Although, uh, if you hear it broke down by age, like, it's not killing people under 40, basically. Right, right. It's interesting. So, and I'm not saying that people <coughs> over 80 are less valuable right. or anything like that. That's right. not what I'm saying. It's just. But so here's the thing. This is the thing that if you're not on Twitter, this is all over the places from the New York Post. But they have kind of running uh, random tabs about uh, the coronavirus. So this is their headline for it. The total number of global cases has surpassed uh, 100,000, almost 110,000, uh, including 3,800 fatalities. Of those 3,800 I read today, only 425 have happened outside of China. Okay. So 3,800, 425 of which have happened outside of China. Over 60,000 patients are reported to have recovered already hmm. of, the, of the almost 110,000. So again, looking at those numbers, I'm like, why is this even a deal? Why are we talking about this? These numbers don't, like, they're insignificant. Um, and then the immediate one after that is at least 10 dead after a hotel used as a quarantine facility collapsed in China. I was like... What? Yes, because China is a third they world country. They were killed by a structure, not by the virus. Exactly. It's completely unrelated. They just happen to be in the structure that collapsed. How bad is your healthcare system where you have people... Well, it's socialized medicine. No, I'm just kidding. No, it, I know it is. I mean, they're a communist state. But that's the thing. Again, people forget this about China, but because they they do so much in technology, they they have phenomenal, you know, like world-renowned cities like Hong Kong, like Beijing. But the problem is that ain't the rest of the country. Those yeah. are the hubs. That's where all these things are. Everything else in China, relatively speaking, is a third-world country. And right. so, you know, they don't have any of the infrastructure and facilities to deal with this kind of thing um, at all. It's weird that a communist government is not set up to care for all of the people all of the time. I know. It's amazing. I thought that's what it was for. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) But anyway, so so looking at those numbers, and I've been keeping, and actually that was uh, just yesterday, I think that was 58,000 patients that were reported to have recovered. Now it's up to 60,000 that are reported to have recovered. So I'm just, I'm kind of, no, not kind of, I'm well over the hype of this illness because it's just that it's the media having nothing to talk about, but Joe Biden stammering. And so they choose to do this because it's, it's more, more beneficial. I, mean, I do think it's concerning for people that have compromised immune Absolutely. systems. If you've got someone in your family that has a compromised immune system, totally. like you're worried about them possibly contracting another illness. I totally like, get that among a whole bunch of other illnesses that they could get. This right. is, this is one that you're like, I mean, some of them can't get vaccinated and stuff because they have compromised immune systems, right. so they can't have that. Um, and and older people like are at increased risk for just about every Everything. disease, and this yeah. is just a brand new one right. that's going around. Adding to the pile. I, I was trying to find uh, fatality rates, and it looks like it's nobody knows exactly because of the way they're testing for it. Right. And as far as I can tell, South Korea has probably done the best at like broadly testing yeah. all of their people. Right. And of those that are infected, it's right hovering right around 3% of 
or less of the people that get it actually die from it. Right. Yeah, I think it says um, right here, uh, their cases rise to more than 7,000. So they're, they're at over 7,000 in South Korea. Yeah. But they are, they are broadly testing for it, where in the U.S., we just don't have the capability to broadly test 300 million people right now. It's too new. And I think that's something that people aren't aware of. Like, a lot of this stuff takes time to develop and testing and proving w that it is what we say it is and all of that takes some time. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that we should be ahead or behind of South Korea on this. Like I wish we were ahead of them on it. Yeah. Um, I wonder what's going on in North Korea yeah. right now because there's no way we'll ever find out. No, but unless if it's in South Korea, unless maybe, everybody maybe just, fine, unless everybody just ceases to exist over there. I don't know, but they, they have more contact with China than any other country. North Korea. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, as far as co countries that North Korea has contact with, right. it would, their exposure to, to other China. countries is quite limited, but yeah. their exposure to China is high. Which is why I'm like, yeah. the likelihood that they've got something going down. 18 members of the Iranian cabinet yeah. or an or yeah. Iranian yeah. legislative body, whatever they yeah. I don't know what it is. Parliament or parliament, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. I that's don't know. that's insanity. Well, um, and, all, and all this to say, like, I get that this is serious. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay it in the sense that it is not a significant thing. It is. We haven't seen something like this in a while. However, it's not what it's being pushed as. And again, I think that this is mostly. I think the majority of the coverage that you're seeing right now is coming from lack of a news cycle for one nothing else to talk about at this point and two i think it is politically motivated i really do think it is very politically motivated um the, some of the coverage may be i was yeah. just looking at the asian flu from 1956 to 58 yeah two million people died in two years from the asian flu it was a pandemic outbreak of influenza a of the h2n2 subtype <laughs> That originated in China from 56 and lasted until 58. Yeah. In its two-year span, it traveled from the Chinese province of Guizhou, Guizhou to Singapore, Hong Kong, and the U.S. And estimates for the death, flu, death toll of the Asian flu vary, but there was 69,800 deaths in the U.S. Mm. And 2 million total. If we had anywhere close to that, People would be declaring the end of the world. Right. And that was in 58 where the population of the world was quite a bit smaller, smaller than it is now. Yeah. The other flu pandemic in 1918 that killed 20 to 50 million people all around the globe, it was the, the mortality rate was 10 to 20%. Yeah, which was huge. And that was a flu outbreak. Yeah. I honestly, I think that the whole like zombie thing that we've gotten obsessed with in recent years is what freaks us out more than anything when we see something like this happen. We think it's just going to take over the whole world and everybody's going to just die instantly. And that's just not how these things work. They said that that flu in 1918, what made it unique is that the flu before had previously only killed juveniles and the elderly or already weakened patients. Yeah. This one began striking down hardy and completely healthy young adults, leaving children and those with weaker immune systems still alive. Yeah. It That's was why bizarre. that one was deadly. Yeah. 
But our germ theory in 1918 wasn't nearly as advanced. Yeah. Well, even as in we 19, in even the 1950s, hundred years later, even in the 1950s, yeah. there is a dramatic difference right. in 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 those kind of things. Um, I remember reading a stat once that basically, outside of major injuries, you know, war type injuries, wounds, and things like that, that it did not really start helping to go to a doctor until I think it was the mid to late 50s. Like there really? was really hardly anything that they could really do for you comparatively. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, the, what, what has happened in medical science has, has it's, it's been a dramatic growth over those years. I mean, incredibly dramatic growth. Yeah, I, this, this is different from like the Ebola virus. Ebola is almost like a death sentence if yeah. you get it, but it doesn't, as far as I know, it doesn't. It doesn't stay alive if its host isn't alive. Right. So you can pass it while you're alive. Right. But as soon as you're dead, well, and, it's and the gone. F- the frightening thing about this is the transmission rate. That's that's what everybody should be focusing on more, as opposed to the the mortality rate. Because the mortality rate is very very low. Right. It really just is. I mean, it's it's makes you sick, but most of you are not going right. to die from it. The biggest issue is that it's it's transmissible for like two weeks before you even are symptomatic, which, again, is similar to influenza. Influenza can do kind of the same thing. Um, and so that's the thing where, I, where I've heard most medical professionals that are talking about this is saying this is the thing that concerns us the most, is that right. we, we don't know who's got it and who to, who to check, who to quarantine, whatever. And that's the thing is there are probably way more unreported cases that, that are – currently out there because people are just like, oh, yeah, I've just got a bug. I'm going to stay home or I've just got the flu. I'm going to stay home until until I recover. And they, you know, drink their chicken noodle soup and they stay hydrated. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, they bounce back. You know, it's 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 it operates much the same way. Um, so I, I I just don't understand. And I I mean, I guess I get it because for for people in the media, like you never want something bad to happen. But if it does happen, you want to be the one reporting it. And you feel like you need to use your platform to help stop its spread. Like, yeah. here's what you can do. Right. That yeah. might keep you safe. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just so over it. It's just, it's just like anything else. There's just, and, and, and part of it is, is, and I actually heard a doctor say this at one point. He was ranting about media coverage of, of this a couple of weeks ago, even. And he said, what you're doing is irresponsible. He said, how am I supposed to know when there's an actual problem? Because you elevate everything so far that how, why would I believe you when you say there's a legitimate problem? Because you said that this other thing was a problem that wasn't a problem. Right. And you did it with the same intensity and the same news, you know, breaking news, banners and alerts. And, and it's true. Like, there's just this obsession with everything's the, it's going to be the thing. It's going to be the report. It's going to be the, and it's nothing. It's a big nothing burger most of the time. And so what are you going to do? You know, how do you convey that something's actually serious when this is the, when you're always at level 10 and you never right. come down? And that's that's for clicks. It's a twenty-four hour yeah. news cycle. It's all of that. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. Yeah. I I was just I don't know. Somebody posed the thought. I forget where exactly I read it, which is most things that I read. I don't remember where I saw it. <laughs> but um, the we as humans are not meant to carry the weight of the entire world's problems. Yeah. And the fact that we can know everything bad that happens around the world 
doesn't mean that we should. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that we should fill our lives and our minds with all of that. It's much better to notice what is going on in the world around you. This is what we talked about in our spheres of influence. What can I do to change? Like the people right around me, what can I do to change my situation? Like what is... What are the big deals that I should be caring about? And people are spending so much time caring about all of this yeah. where they can't do very much of anything practically. Except buy all the toilet paper. Apparently toilet paper yeah. is going to save our lives. What are people doing? I don't know. I don't know. I just know my kids don't replace the toilet paper. That's all I know. Mm. But I do know that we have some, <laughs> which is unlike most people, apparently. Oh, my word. I, why toilet paper? I in, in times know. of panic, people buy white things. They buy bread. They buy milk. <laughs> they buy toilet paper. Like, we just paint our houses white, wear I white masks. I, I don't, don't know understand. what the deal is. I don't, I don't understand know. it. We should start a new trend, buying purple things or green yeah, things. That's right. For pandemics. Yeah, maybe that'd be more helpful. Start buying some lettuce. <laughs> of course, lettuce is the thing that's always killing you, too. Oranges. I'm always recalling lettuce. Colorful. Eat more salads. Wait, don't eat the lettuce. <laughs> Not anymore. No. Hold off on the eating the lettuce. Oh, man. <laughs> but that's the thing. I was reading somewhere that every major election cycle in the United States, something like this has been overreported. What? So there was, in 2018, it was Ebola. Yeah. Um, before that, I think it was... Uh, what was it? Was it SARS? In like 2020, uh, SARS 2012, the first? 2012. Yeah, SARS the first. SARS, SARS senior. SARS first. Yeah, SARS yeah. senior. SARS um, one. <laughs> but yeah, there it, it was. It was a list of about four or five SARS things. SARS one, the death awakens. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> yeah, but I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm just amazed at the, the need for there to be something wrong. All the time. I mean, and that's the thing. It's it's interesting that you just said about not about not needing to fix or know or be aware of all the world's problems. And what am I exactly going to do about like the Somali pirates? Well, like, what think, am I going to do about well, and it? And think how much different that that is. You know, if instead of oh yes, there's this global pandemic, you know, of oh well, 110,000 people in a in a world of eight billion. You know, are we eight? Are we, are we at eight billion now? I think we're at uh, eight billion. Close. I think we're over seven. Yeah, Se- seven or eight. Either way. And then, so that's yeah, the thing. It's like, okay, right. the percentage. But what if you go to, hey, if you're only looking at it from the American perspective, or you're only looking at it from, you know, whatever country you're in, less than 500. Less than 500 people in our nation of, what is it, 350 million people. Right. Less than 500. It changes the parameters of it. But again, it's all global, so we're going to hear about all of it. We've got to get it all lumped in. And all anybody sees is 110,000. Right. And they think, oh, yes, that's evenly disseminated everywhere. It's not. So I had this put to me the other day. It's like, well, you say you're not worried about that. Why don't you go board that cruise ship that's quarantined? I said happily. If I, if that, that is honestly my response. Yeah. If, I, if somebody said, why don't you go board that ship? Absolutely I would. Because people on there are worried. They're fearful. They need somebody to come in and... Tell them it's going to be okay or comfort them yeah. or talk with them and that kind of thing. That's what Jesus does. Yeah. He goes to where people are hurting. Right. So given the opportunity, yes, I would go. Sign me up. Yeah. Like literally that's what I'm called to do. Right. So I'm not there because I'm not there. Yeah. But if this is going on in my backyard. Right. I'm there. Right. 
And and historically, that's what Christians have done. Right. If if you look at like Nashville and the tornado that just happened, yeah. Some churches sat back and said, "Oh, we'll see how this is actually all going to play out with the relief." Other churches rushed right in. What right. can we do to help? Right. And one one of the larger churches in the area, I heard their response was pretty good. They had an initial rush of volunteers, yeah. and they sent about twenty of their people, twenty percent of their people initially. And held 80% back to see where they could be more effective. Yeah. And rolling them out in the coming days and weeks. Yeah. Not in the initial response. But such a good thing to have people on the ground helping out, helping people rebuild right away. Like not not just sitting back and waiting to see how it plays out, but getting in, meeting the needs. Uh, Samaritan's Purse. Yeah. And, and some of those organizations have done a great job. I know uh, with Katrina, by the time... Like uh, the FEMA and everybody arrived, there was already blue tarps yeah. on some houses when they were coming in, and it was Samaritan's Purse. They were there, they were ready, and they they met. They were meeting real needs, which right. is first you bring in water and tarps. It's the right. first thing they're bringing in, it, because you need clean water yeah. to stop any sort of spread of disease, and that's the first thing that we need. By the way, can we say what a blessing plastic is? I know. And the fact that we're able to bottle water. I know. It's amazing. It's just such a blessing. It's amazing. I just love plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I drink all my drinks with seven straws now. <laughs> I just love plastic. It's so good. I'm, I'm glad there's not global, you know, Global famine and global starvation and global, like, just lots of people dying of thirst because we can just throw plastic bottles of water on a plane and get it to where it's needed. Yeah. Not saying that there isn't some places that still need wells. Those are worthy projects and all that. But the mass starvation and things of, like, even the 70s and 80s and into the 90s, like, some of that, as soon as you can get bottled water, helps a ton. Yeah, it changes things. But going back to what I was saying, like, uh, the Christian response to what's happening here? Yes. We need to be in the middle of these things. Yeah. Uh, I was I was looking back. There's one uh, Roman plague from like 249 to 262 AD that we didn't we don't know about apart from the church, like church records. The plague of Cyprian. Um, it it was killing like five thousand people a day in Rome that it got so bad that even like the like the elites in the cities were fleeing to the country to try and get away yeah. from everybody else but the the christians large part of them stayed in the cities and worked with those who were sick and uh it says that on easter sunday in 2060 ad bishop dionysius of corinth praised the efforts of the christians with the plague many of whom had died while caring for others and this is what he said He said, most of our brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took care of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them departed this life serenely happy, for they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Hmm. And I'm like, what? a model of bearing one another's burdens yeah. than just actually living it out. They didn't know how the germs were spread. Yeah. They didn't know how the sickness was spread. They just knew people were dying. 
And instead of running away into the countryside, they stayed right where they were. Yeah. The church of Corinth stayed in Corinth. Yeah. Yeah. This was uh, one of the contemporary accounts of that plague. Um, Cyprian's biographer, Pontius of Carthage, wrote about this same plague at Carthage. It says, uh, afterwards there broke out a dreadful plague and excessive destruction of a hateful disease invaded every house in succession of the trembling populace, carrying off day by day with abrupt attack numberless people, every one from his own house. All were shuddering, fleeing, shunning the contagion. Mm. We know the Christians weren't. Shunning the contagion, impiously exposing their own friends as with the exclusion of the person who was sure to die of the plague, one could exclude death itself. There lay about the meanwhile all over the whole city no longer bodies but the carcasses of many, and by the contemplation of a lot which in their turn in which in their turn would be theirs, demanded the pity of the passerbys for themselves. No one regarded anything besides his cruel gains. No one trembled at the remembrance of a similar event. No one did to another what he himself wished to experience. Mm. The, the response of the populace was to pass by. Yeah. And, like, there are all these people suffering, and i just trying to take care of myself and get out, and regardless of what they were experiencing. Yeah. But in the middle of that level of chaos... Christians were being Christians and probably giving their best witness of the early church. Yeah. In one of the most dire circumstances, if you think it was, if you think that was just a random thing, uh, there was another plague in like 165. Where was that? I had it just here a moment ago. Um, yeah, the Ant Antonin plague, 165 AD to like 180 AD. And it was a big, like, smallpox pandemic that the Romans brought back from Mesopotamia or Syria, the Roman yeah. army. And it killed, like, five million people as it ran its course. But, again, in that one, Christians who were largely persecuted and everything else up until that time were in the middle of it, meeting the needs of, of people. I don't know. I don't think our Christian response to all of this is obviously to ridicule the sick or right. anything like that or say that it's all made up. Right. Like that, that would not be what we should do. But no, I, no. I would say that, you know, those of us that are healthy, that can help, that can contribute in some way, we should do that. Yeah. But, and those of us that are immunocompromised, maybe you sit this one out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let somebody who's healthy and able go for it, you know? Yeah. But Yeah, I do I do think it's interesting because I think this is one of the things that I do struggle with because you do you, you tend to see Christians respond just as badly or worse than the rest of the world. And you know, the thing I always come back to is like this is not all there is. Like, do I do I want to, you know, go headlong into my death right this moment? No, I do not. I like living. I like life. Life is great. I enjoy it. I enjoy my family. I enjoy my kids. Right. You know, it's not like I have a, a, a death wish or some kind not of hurling myself no. out of an airplane. No. But at the same time, I'm like, this is not, I don't believe this is all there is. And if I truly believe that, I've got to live like it. And, yeah. uh, and we forget that, man. We do. We, you know, and, and we've joked even about talking about the 
all the ends of the world that we've lived through. And unfortunately, most of the times, Christians are the ones who they're chalking everything up to, well, yeah, Jesus is coming back. This is good. Jesus is coming back. And they go huddle in a, in a storm cellar somewhere with their... Just the wrong response yeah. anyway. Yeah. How clear can Jesus be that you should be about the Father's business when I show up? You yeah. should not be huddled in some enclave. Yeah. Numb skulls. <laughs> but yeah, I... I yeah, the the whole thing is just amazing to me though, and I'm I'm really curious what it's going to be like in the die out. And I don't mean the die out of people. I mean as it starts to dwindle. Yeah, because it's a flu. It will. It will pass. dwindle. It will pass. It will do what it does. It's my favorite Bible verse. It came to pass. It came to this pass. This came, and it will. And pass. it will pass. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I'm I'm just so I'm so amazed amazed by the whole thing and saddened by it also to a degree. Not just because of the loss of life, which is tragic enough in and of itself, but the the way that panic is being pushed, the way it's being peddled, and the way it's being... I mean, it's just unreal. But it's unreal to me. To me, like, they, they say, well, would you board that cruise ship? Absolutely. It, my appointed end is my appointed end. If I'm about the Father's business and it gives me a, a, a disease and I die of a disease, be happy to see him. I'm good. I did what I felt like I was called to do. Yeah. If I don't, I don't. You know, yeah. like I'm going to die. I'm a mortal person. I'm right. very aware that I'm going to die, but I'm I'm okay with it. Like we as Christians, we cannot run around in fear of every little thing that people tell us to be afraid of. We we cannot do that. That is the wrong response and it, you're making light of the faith you say you have. Yeah. Either your faith is real and it works in everyday life, or it doesn't. And in every circumstance. Either you have peace that passes understanding, which means peace that doesn't make sense, yep. or you don't. Yep. And when the world fears and panics over things, we know it's going to happen, and we know it's going to happen again. Yeah. After this one, somebody's going to fear and panic about something. Yeah. Your you know, response can't be the same way. It's really interesting because when, uh, when, when the Ebola thing happened... In, in 2018, uh, one of the places that uh, that somebody was infected was in a hospital that uh, I believe at the time my sister-in-law worked at. And so in my mind, I literally, I had to fight the, the, the fear of, because it was like my mind started racing with like, okay, mm -hmm. well, you know, my kids have been around their kids and her, she's been around her kids and what right. if this and what if that. And finally, I just had to come to this place. I'm like, no. Like, I will not do this. I will not, I will not knuckle under this. Was it still scary? Yeah. yeah. Not knowing is terrifying. Always wondering. And, and again, there was, no, there was no risk. There was no, like, exposure. But you still, it was being so pushed and so hyped at the time that this was going to run rampant and suddenly be on the shores of North America where it had never really been. And it had always been in, you know, Africa. It had always been in the interior of Africa. You know, these places where, you know, they were they were real and they were people, but they were it was distant. You know, it wasn't it yeah. wasn't right it here wasn't in our faces. Our shores. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was being and the fact that it was happening right here in Ohio, like that was that was scary. But I did. I had to come to this place where it's like no, like I trust that what's going to be is what's going to be, and it's okay. Like I'm this is not everything, you yeah. know. And and that is difficult. I mean, especially when you're thinking in terms of your 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 spouse or your kids. Like that's when it really gets hard. Yeah, you know, I I, I remember. A quote from a movie once where a guy was talking about uh, he was he was he was trying to he he had taken someone hostage, and this person told him you know 
so-and-so knows that I would rather die than let you get what you want. And the person says, oh, yeah, well, self-sacrifice is very easy, but sacrificing someone you love, that's when your convictions are really put to the test. In other words, saying, yeah, I know you would die for it, but I don't think he would let you die for it. Right. And so he's the one I'm trying to get at. And that's where it gets harder. That's, that's where it's easy to be consumed with concern and with worry and with, and with fear, but at least for me. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my own self, I, I, don't, I don't really get overly concerned with that. But it, but it did. I had, to, I had to legitimately bring that fear to heal and, and, and you know, put it under my, under my heel. I mean, I just had to. Um, yeah, I, I think Jesus touched lepers. I think Jesus touched people who had diseased limbs that were lame. They couldn't walk. He touched the blind. He freely associated with people like that in violation of Old Testament uh, yeah. customs. Like, I won't say law because there, there was there's several parts of the law. There was like the, the law law, like the, the spiritual law, and then there was the, yeah. what I want to say, like laws of customs, right. like customary law. Right. And then there was like the... The, the laws that would keep you keeping the, the social law, law yeah. and things like that. And, and Jesus wasn't one to violate like the spiritual laws. Obviously, right. he came to fulfill those. But those, those laws of custom that kept people on the fringes, he was right in the middle of that. Yeah. And just reaching out and touching people that you weren't supposed to touch. And, and instead of their sickness getting onto him, his glory and power getting onto them yeah. and making things right where he touched it. And yeah. I think... I think in some ways we have that same power mm -hmm. where we should not be affected adversely in the world, but our testimony and the way we respond to fearful incidences should be that that circumstance is affected by us yeah, and affected by our response and what lives inside of us yeah. rather than that circumstance, SARS. Yeah. Is not bigger than God. SARS Jr. Coronavirus. SARS Jr. SARS COV 19 2 17 is not bigger than Jesus. Yeah. There is nothing new under the sun. Yeah. And he is not off his throne somehow yeah. simply because we have a new little thing down here. Yeah. Yeah. This didn't catch him off guard. This didn't catch him by surprise. Yeah. And to act like it did is, is a disservice to that. That's a disservice to who he is. It's a misrepresentation of who he is. And it causes us to respond in the wrong ways. Completely. Yeah. When you respond in fear, oftentimes you're going to do something that you don't normally do or yep. you wouldn't otherwise do. And it, it uh, usually affects us in a negative way. We end up doing something out of fear that we wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah. We buy way more toilet paper than we need. Yes. Leave it at Walmart for the people that need it. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> we don't want to see what a toilet paperless society looks like. No. <laughs> or just everybody order bidets. Ugh. That's cheaper. Did we talk about that when I went to Japan? I love bidets so much. I do not like oh, them. Oh, I love them. Okay, but it's still, you still need toilet paper. Yes, but much less. And it's much I more know. sanitary. I know, but people are like, wow, you know, you can use it and you're clean. And I'm like... Kind of, but I don't, I don't trust it enough. Like, I still need to get that toilet paper out and make sure the job is done. Well, of course. Yes, of course. I'm not wild about it. <laughs> I Dude, just... I, I told Caleb, if we ever build a house, 
we 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 are going to have one in our master bedroom. Yeah, it's just going to be a thing. I know. Yeah. I I don't love it. <laughs> I tried it. I gave it a fair shake because I you know people on the internet rave about it. I don't know. I think they do it just because they're weirdos. But <laughs> so what are you saying? I'm saying I don't know why you like it. Because it's easier. It's cleaner, it's easier, and it's done. Um, I don't know. I think the whole thing is just uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. The water's heated. Oh, like, man. Did the one you tried, the water was heated? You, it, it you, was con- wa- you controlled warm? it like a sink. So you, you picked the level of warmth for it. See, the, the one in Japan, it had, like, you could choose, like, what kind of level of burst or whether it was, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. or if it was, like, a it steady stream. It was, like, stream. a sprinkler head. No, literally, the one that we, the, the only heated. one I've ever used was in Mexico. We just so this, it was this just last like time. cold toilet water. No, 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 no. It's literally, like, it, it's shaped like a toilet, but it looks like a sink. There's literally a plug in it so that you could you could stop the water, which I don't know why you would want to do that. Yeah. Somebody could explain that to me in the comments uh, if you want to, because I did not know why you would do that. But literally, you would sit on it. It was like a toilet. You'd sit on it backwards. Nope. No, this one you would. I'm saying this particular Kay. one you would. you sit on it backwards. And then you had, you had three handles. You had one was hot and one was cold, and then there was one that would increase the pressure. Oh, boy. So you had controls right in front of you. To, to do what you need to do, shut her down, and then, then you're done. It Ugh. was awesome. I would, I would prefer a more automated experience than that, <laughs> but it worked, and yeah. it worked well. And I was the, like, yeah. The Japanese one that I used was in the hotel room was well, pretty legit. Yeah, their integration of technology into everything is incredible. Yeah. Truly Like incredible. the toilet seat itself was warm, yeah. which was great. But it's never... It's always seamlessly integrated. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things I appreciate so much about Japanese architecture in every way is that, you know, I love the old school, you know, the big towering wooden pagoda style stuff. I think that's beautiful. The paper, you know, the paper uh, windows and different things like that. I think it's gorgeous. I love it. It's my, one of my favorite architecture types. But the way that they've gone into technology and, and, and it's like, yeah, this is just a thing that helps us, uh, you know, betters our lives and we're just going to yeah, integrate it right better, into the This is better, so thing. obviously we should all do it. Yeah. It's awesome. I, and it, that's one thing that really struck me about there. There wasn't this need to rebel against the system just because it's a system yeah. that you have in the U.S. where it's like, no, I'm going this way regardless yeah. of what yeah. people think. Yep. It's more, well, this is obviously the better way, so why yeah. wouldn't you do why that? Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. Because it's obviously better. <laughs> and I'm like, or, or the thing you heard all the time, it's healthy for you. Yeah. Okay. But that doesn't mean I'm doing it. <laughs> well, why not? It's like, it's, it's healthy for you. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, man. We're going through that stage with Winnie right now. I, yeah. don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Doesn't matter. You're going to. It, it was, yeah. I just, I, I was always amazed because I, I would see everything working so seamlessly and flawlessly. And like you're in the train station and everything's, everybody's on their own path and hurrying in one direction. And I'm like, in the U.S., there'd be a 400 pound American going the wrong way. Like, I just don't understand. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why do everybody have to buy blah? And like, yeah. But there's none of that. I know. I don't, I don't, don't get it. But <laughs> it's one of the reasons I feel like America would be a really hard country to like take over. 
<laughs> like if the Russians really did take over and they were like, all right, Russian flags, you guys are all Russian now. We're like, yeah, like heck we are. <laughs> <laughs> Any flag but this. <laughs> <laughs> And like we've we've all you know they've taken away all our guns, but we've made our own again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I oh, remember man. how to build a gun. <laughs> how did we get here? I don't know. I just don't think we're gonna get taken over. It's one other thing that I don't fear. Well, just a people little... are like, well, there's no America in Revelations. Yeah. Okay. So there's no anything in Revelations. <laughs> Since John knew exactly what he was looking at when he saw a globe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even if, I don't know if he saw a globe when he was seeing like the third heaven. Like, yeah. I, I, anyway, let's get into eschatology because yeah, that'll end that. well. Oh, we do need to do that sometime. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> Maybe but when we let get me, Eric let me just here. Let me just say this. Let me say this. If you need a little bit of comfort, aside from the wisdom that we have obviously dished out, because we're experts, we're experts because we say so, <laughs> and totally we're and us. we're on the internet of sorts, so we know things. But just go through and make a list of all of the ends of the world that you have lived through. Oh yeah, because there are a lot of them. The millennium. Yeah, yeah. Y two K. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, the Ebola thing. Radical Islamic terrorism. Yes. Uh, four years almost of a Trump presidency. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've all lived. Yeah, we're still alive. We're go. still here. No, we might not live through Corona. So, yeah. You, but, you know, right. You right, all have right. that to look forward to. But, yeah, I mean, just, just start making some lists of all the ends of the world that you live through, and you'll feel better. I promise you You'll will. live through this one, too. The, the, Mayan, the Mayan apocalypse of 2012. Mm. That was a disappointing one. It was my favorite. Yeah. Americans misreading a Mayan calendar That's caused right. a great panic. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. And for nothing. Oh, my. But, yeah, so just, just you know, take this in stride. Is it serious? Yes. Should we should we be smart? Yes. Isn't it amazing at how small some of these things were though? <sighs> I like know. the the whole Y2K thing was we're like, wait, what if computers can't read zeros? And everybody just flipped their lid. Yep. And like the Mayan calendar thing. The Mayans made it to 2012. That was a lot further. Yeah. Then they thought they'd get probably and they're yeah. just like, eh, that's after good that enough. they can figure it out. That's we're like, good enough. we can't figure it out. We're all gonna die. Oh man. Oh, and then the asteroid or something that oh, yeah, yeah. that's supposed to come near Earth or somebody, yeah. something like that. And, and it's, it's further away than the moon. It's not even gonna be one light year from us, <laughs> I don't think. It's like way on out there somewhere. Yeah. But again, it why why explain things when you can when you can panic? Why be reasonable right. when you can panic? And and that's just the name of the game. Um it's just a it's just a you know let us let us be an island of reality in this ocean of diarrhea. If we're the, your reality, <laughs> we need something. We need help. But seriously, make a list of the ends of the world that you've lived with, you've lived through, and you'll you'll feel better, and, and maybe even get a laugh out. Write of it. this one down and put a little dash. Yeah, like <laughs> soon soon to be. Yeah. I told Sheldon when this first started breaking, I said, "Should we start selling? I survived the coronavirus." 2020 right now selling yeah. those t-shirts just to see if we can we can make bank on that when that hits but you know whatever i know we're mocking it a little bit but we're mostly mocking the hype not the reality of what it is i get it it is a thing it is a legitimate thing but it ain't what it's being pushed as it ain't what it's worth what you know 
don't go out and just buy toilet paper. Don't go freak out. You know, be reasonable. Be yeah. smart. Be reasonable. Wash your hands. Yeah. Be kind and loving. And keep loving people. Yeah. Right. There yeah. are real people going through stuff. And yes. if people are afraid, you need to bring peace yeah. into that situation. Yeah. To quote my grandmother, don't be stupid. <laughs> best advice ever. I don't think ever. she had a uh, corner on that market. but No. Best advice ever, though. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's that. We got very random there towards the end, but I'm okay with that. It's what we do. It's all right. It's totally what we do. It's our show. We'll do what we want. That's right. That's right. you have any action steps besides the make a list of your... Uh, oh, no. I think that's very good. I think people should make a list of all the terrible things they've lived through <laughs> and uh, then just chalk this one up and be like, you know what? I do have reason to believe that the Lord is faithful. Yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging with us through this randomness. Uh, Nelson, you're welcome. <laughs> And uh, these show notes should be amazing. <laughs> By the way, I just want to plug our show notes. They are funny. They are good. If you look back at our Star Wars, he purposely misspelled <laughs> almost every character in there just to see if anybody was going to read the show notes. Oh, man. So if you do nothing else... Don't read the show notes from this episode. Yeah. Go back and read the ones from Which, Star Wars. Nelson, by the way, I, I keep meaning to send you a picture of this, but I'll just say it right now since you're going to be listening to this before you know the rest of the world gets to hear it. There is a thing in our area called D&D Transportation, and every time I see it, I want to take a picture of it and be like, Nelson, look. look it's your bus. It's your people. And, dragons. I, and you know what? They haul Amish around. I think they I know, have no funny. idea. I know. That D&D transportation yeah. means. What I'm saying is, Nelson, I want you to buy one of those short buses and drive it around. <laughs> That's what I want you to but do. But only to like game conventions. That's right. Only to game conventions. You'll be very, very popular or whatever it is that somebody <laughs> is at a game convention. Are you popular in those rooms? No. I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, guys, we'll see you next week and uh, have a good one. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.